McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're going to wrap up our discussion on God on what he is not. And God is definitely not a fan of Apple Watches interrupting podcasts. Uh, Let's get started. We've been, it's not been a month, but we've been snowed out. We've got a lot of snow. We've, there's been two blizzards. Yeah. I don't know if they've been blizzards, but two snowstorms, intervening snowstorms. And, and um, I don't know. Let me be, I'm just probably just be honest here. I've just been kind of lazy. Um, I've gone on vacation, I guess, which isn't laziness. It was nice to see family. Um, well, we also had Christmas. Yeah. New exactly. Year's. Yeah. Um, so there were legitimate Hanukkah. reasons. Yeah. Hey, guys, no, don't. Get off our backs, okay? Come on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I... Uh, We're not feeling sensitive about this subject at all. Yeah, no, I'm not. I've never... It definitely hasn't been lingering in the back of my mind. Um, no, it's actually season three, episode eight, which I think we did six twice, so... Um, we can fix that. Yeah, it's, now it's eight. No big deal. Um, right. Just pretend like the second six was seven, and then we're good. And we're recording this on two two twenty two. Yeah, which is awesome. I've told that to like so many people, and everyone's like, "Cool." Somebody came into my office today at two twenty two to let me know. That's incredible. Okay, I didn't. I wasn't that cool, but that's <laughs> awesome. I um, I was driving around in my Jeep today, and a guy rolled his window down, and he was like, he's like waving to me, and I'm like, "Oh no, here we go." Um, and because he was in like the electronic Mustang. Oh, the Mach E, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And I said electronic Mustang, and I'm—I really, know what you mean. I, that, <laughs> that hurt, like that hurt to hear me say it. it's electric. I know that. I'm right. sorry, everyone. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Yeah, Ugh, gross. So anyway, I was like, oh, here we go. He's gonna tell me something about the planet, and like, yeah, because you know, I got like 14 miles a gallon that thing on a good day, and he was like. The thing is in really good condition, man. The thing is sweet. I was like, oh, thank you. That's yeah. so nice. Like, he went out of his way to give me a compliment yeah. at a red light. Um, He's so, like, you, can, you ever thought about converting that thing to electric, man? <laughs> Honestly, I have. What's really funny <laughs> is I've like watched videos. I'm like, maybe I can uh-huh. do that. But then I have to buy like a Tesla battery, from, right? Which is, I mean, I might as well buy five other vehicles, right? Um, right. But maybe one day that would be sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, when we get the you know millions of dollars in donations because of this episode, you know. Well, isn't in there an electric Hummer coming? You should yeah. look, look at that electric Hummer. Yeah, there's that. There's like the Rivian. I mean, uh-huh. like all these all these companies are coming out with something to be the new Tesla, but I don't know. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about EVs. <laughs> EVs in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> Well, I mean, so technically we're talking about <laughs> we're, what, what God is not. Where are we going to recharge on the streets of gold? <laughs> I mean, oh, you know, they have that in Sweden. You can drive like on the road with your electric car and it yeah. charges your car, which yeah. is incredible. Right, right. Um, and new heaven and new earth over there. Yeah. Okay. That's, we don't have enough time for that. Uh, but today we are talking. So we, if you guys remember so long ago. Yes. Um, it was what God is. What we, God is. Yeah. Um, who God is, what God is. Yes. And, and now it's who God isn't or what God isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, interestingly enough, um, I, you know, didn't really grow up thinking about this concept. I mean, this wasn't something that like it, it was never like, well, God isn't this or God isn't that. You know, it was the thing that the only thing that came really like closest to that thought was that like, you know, God can't sin like he isn't sin God isn't evil you know like he can't do evil things and that's essentially as close as it got to like what God wasn't um and I don't know if that counts or if that's exactly what we're getting into but you know thinking 
you know, more about this, this idea is that there are a lot of people who actually use this, um, to, I don't, I'm not gonna say to their, their, their advantage, but like they, they use this, like, so it's called like apophatic theology, essentially, is this idea of like, um, trying to figure out what God is in or have this like negotiating kind of theology on what God could be or what he couldn't be. And people use that to, you know, either one come closer to God or decide that they don't really think God's that great. Um, and personally as a minister, that's a really, that's, it's a scary thought, but I like it a lot because I enjoy being challenged. I enjoy challenging people because I don't want us to become complacent in, you know, our spiritual walk, you know, like I don't, I think that when you're, when anyone at any point comes to this, like, no, I'm good. I don't need to grow anymore in any aspect. I think that that's, that's might be scarier than even regression. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but. Oh, that it's that when we start talking about, um, you know, what, what God is not, uh, that we, are you saying that maybe perhaps we're risking moving towards questions that could be more dangerous questions, more dangerous questions for our faith, perhaps? Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I think that when you, when you come into this idea of like, because it's, it's a, it forces you to think differently than the norm. Like people don't, well, Oh, that was my Apple Watch. If you guys heard that, um, I've, I'm really. We're now it. sponsored by. <laughs> That'd be oh my gosh, it'd be amazing, um, or terrible depending on who you talk to. Um, but you know, I think that in the norm, when people are considering God or church stuff or Jesus or Christianity or whatever, the thought is like, well, w- what is God? Right. Or, There's a, always positive. Yeah. Positive and so when you right. when you when you take it in the other direction, then like what isn't or this, like I said, the, the that apophatic theology, the, right. ne- the negative or, or the, right. the, the, the opposite there, like it forces people to think differently, which creates this, I, don't, I mean, a little bit of chaos, which right. is, is scary. The normal approach people. is the cataphatic approach, yes, correct. correct? Right. Yeah, Where yeah, we're yeah. affirming who God is, mm-hmm. what God is. And I mean... Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think gr- going back to growing up, and I think we we talked we've talked about this for several podcasts, particularly in this season, about our conceptions of God early on mm-hmm. and how we were taught about God. And I would say, you know, mostly growing up, it was in that cataphatic tradition of affirming this is what God is. God is all these different labels that we went through before. You know, omnipotent, omniscient, mm-hmm. you know, om- omnipresent, um, and God, God is all these things. And if, if God was not something, we would say so, it would just almost be a throwaway like, well, well, God's not evil or God's not sin or God. Right. It was just very dismissive yeah. when we talked about what God is not. But I, I, I like what you're saying because I agree with you that I think if we start to maybe lean into um, this apophatic tradition into what maybe God is not and we think about that a little bit more or get a little, more, get a little bit more nuanced there. It, it does cause us to ask questions or raise questions that maybe don't often get raised mm-hmm. in a in a church setting or in a class setting. Or if you're teaching a class, if somebody starts raising questions like this, it might throw the class off the rails. Yeah, and as someone who teaches kids on a regular basis, the kids are really good at that. They're really good at like coming up with things that could super derail the class. But I, I mean, I, I actually kind of enjoy that because it's nice to see for me anyway, it's nice to see perspective on like, I'll come in with a topic um, and then give them opportunities for questions or their thoughts and then watch them go in a completely different direction than maybe I was even prepared for. And yet again, that's what I like about these kinds of conversations, these kinds of topics, because I come into it with this, like, you know, for me, um, I'm not even that confident when it comes to talking about what God isn't. Like I, I struggle sometimes with like, because I, like I said, like, it's not like, I don't have like a journal over here of like what I think God is not. Like I don't like write it down. And I'm like, Ooh, that's a good one. Um, and so it's weird. Well, one place that I thought might be interesting to start, hopefully I'm, I'm not taking this in a direction you didn't want to go, but one, you know, I kind of like starting in the old Testament sometimes. 
And when I think about the, the looking at what God is not as opposed to what God is, mm-hmm. one thing that strikes me from very early on is looking at the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Because when you look at at the Ten Commandments, you see, you know, right right at the beginning, um, God, you know, I, I um, the the first the first the, the very first commandment, right? The um, I am the Lord, thy God, you know, no other gods before me, no graven image. Like we get mm-hmm. right from the beginning, like I am the Lord, um, there are no other gods. And then and then you get this, this thing about idolatry or graven images. And when I think when I was growing up, I was just like, okay, well, God really didn't like, <laughs> he didn't like trinkets or whatever. He didn't want, sure. you know, other things to be worshiped besides God. But as I've gotten older and, and thought about this a lot more and then seen how idolatry plays out, not just idolatry, but also these different images or whether they're Asherah poles or their, their, their other graven images throughout scripture or even sometimes altars. Mm-hmm. The problem seems to be, and maybe the the primary problem seems to be, is that people are creating something. Yeah, and God is basically saying, "I'm not that." Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. it's actually God saying, "No, that is not me." So what you what you thought I was or how you tried to distill me or crystallize me or define me or box me in or depict me is wrong. I am not that. So I think maybe to start our discussion, to me, it's interesting that you can almost think about it like God seems to be big on this apophatic tradition where he's where God is like, no, this is not me. And, and guess what? One of the worst things you can do is to limit yourself in terms of dictating who you think I am, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not that. Don't do that. Well, yeah, and it's it's funny because we live in a society that, you know, when I think of laws that we have in place or rules, they start out with it, it's most of them are things you cannot do. Right. It's it, it they don't come out well. Yeah, you can go do this, or yeah, you can go do that, or yeah, you can go. It's it's always nope, can't do that one, can't do that one. because it's in all honesty, it's it's easier to show the limits of what you can do than the possibilities. And and maybe that's kind of where God is going. Maybe it's easier for God to explain to these people what their limits should be rather than what their possibilities are because, um, I mean, I don't like the possibilities are, I'm not going to say, I mean, obviously we end up finding out later in the New Testament we have that freedom, right? right? But like, I, I mean, it makes sense. It's, it's, a, it's a smart move. It's, it's intelligent for God, not that I think that, Anyone needs to hear that God's intelligent, but like, you know, it's, it's intelligent. Yeah. I mean, going back to, I'll just read it from, from Deuteronomy. Um, this is the version of Deuteronomy in, in chapter five, uh, verse eight, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. Don't bow down to them. Don't worship them, et cetera, et cetera. So you get, it's sort of like God does understand that back to the intelligence, Mm -hmm. but God does understand that we're here in this very material place and we are material beings. We have bodies, um, and, and we do things and, uh, that that's how we live. Like, so we're, we're maybe spiritual beings. We have a, uh, you know, we, we dream and we, we can close our eyes and we can imagine things, but in the world we live in is a material world. But God is like, look, when you are looking for the divine, don't get focused and wrapped up on the material world because the divine is not defined in or by the material world. Sure. Like you can look at the material world and you can embrace it. You could that doesn't mean that think you don't see beauty or or that things can't be wonderful or you can't enjoy them. But there seems to be something here about God, you know, negatively saying no. There, there you don't want to get completely wrapped up in the material world when you're talking about the divine because there's something else that you can't see that's maybe way bigger than that. Yeah, I think he backs that up in like Romans um, 1, I think is what I mean. I'm going to make sure that I quote it correctly, but I'm pretty sure when he's talking about like his 
himself, essentially, he goes on to say, um, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Now it's talking about God's wrath at that point. Um, but like it's, it talks about his invisible qualities, yes, things that you can't see. Right. So there are things about God that we can't, it's not like we're just like, Oh yeah, that's God. Right. You know, um, now there are other things that I think that you can, you know, attribute to. There are things in life that, that I think have happened to me that I can be like, yeah, that was God. Right. Um, right. but, um, I, I also know that God works in mysterious ways and right. I'm not trying to get into yet again, what God is, but I think what you can say from that statement is that God is not always this like, you know, very obvious figure. Right. And God, God is not, um, you know, even more general, God is not easily defined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. God, God is not nailed down. I was trying to, uh, find, I, th I think it was, is the Russian Orthodox. There, there is a group of folks, a group of Christians and they would call them, um, the hole in the wall worshipers. And what they would do is they would, and I, I might have mentioned this before, they would, they would literally like drill a hole or create a hole in the wall. So it was just like blackness and emptiness. And they would stare at it. And, and they would stare at sort of the emptiness. And the, their reason for doing that, they would then contemplate the divine because the concept was it, they were better off sort of focusing on the absence mm -hmm. of something because it would sort of tend to open their mind up more yeah. as to who God might be or what God might be um, than actually having something in front of them like an icon. And they were very against icons because of things like the Ten Commandments, graven images and right. idols and things like that. But they were like, no, there's we're going to have this absence and that's mm -hmm. what we're going to focus on to sort of meditate and think about how God is even in the nothing, sure. that, that God even has a presence there. So that's, I mean, we, we don't, I was going to talk about that the entire time, but I thought that's kind of an interesting point that even God seems to um, define God's own self negatively, like, hey, I am not this. Right. <laughs> right. Th th I am not this, so don't get too caught up in this. Well, and, and you know, a part of me appreciates that because sometimes I, I need to be reminded of those things. I need to, I need to hear that, you know, because I, I want God to be those things sometimes. Because I, you know, I talk about this, uh, I've talked about this before about the idea of like, we personify God on a regular basis. The idea of personification is giving a non-human, human-like characteristics. And like, I want God to care about all the things that I care about. I want God to like, love those shoes that I spent too much money on or like, right. in, or enjoy watching those videos that I watch all the, like I, I, like a part of me needs God to love those things or care about them as much as I do. And like, he just doesn't. And like, it's hard for people to hear that. And, and maybe that sounds too harsh, but like, that's not like, God's not about that. Well, I mean, but people, I mean, to be fair, people have different, come to different conclusions about that, right? I mean, like you'll, you'll be in a Bible class where, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, but like somebody in the Bible class might say that, you know, God, God made sure that they got the last parking spot at right. the grocery store yeah. and God made sure that there was one more mustard container left, sure. you know, divinely appointed mustard <laughs> so that they could have their yeah. hot dogs with, with their preferred condiment. Right. So some people, I hear what you're saying, but I think some people do operate with that assumption that, that God works that way. And I feel like that, I mean, and yet again, I'm sure there's gonna be, or people. that God's interested in the absolute minutia and not even just interested in it, but is like, like orchestrating the minutia right, of yeah. our lives. And, and to me that like, that puts this like that puts just like God in a box. That's like, he's, he's here for these like mundane things. And I think yeah. God is here. I mean, don't get me wrong. He, he can be, he has that. I, he has like, he can totally be about that. If, if it's like, 
I mean, I don't know. You're I understand. Look, you're not, hopefully I'll let everybody know if Roman gets struck by lightning when he's saying something, Sure, but you, but I understand what you're saying. You're, you're not trying to limit God's ability to perhaps swoop in and, and replace a mustard bottle or something right, like I just, that. I just, don't but you think, don't think that, yeah, I don't think he works like that. I don't think right. that that's like, he had not like he has bigger fish to fry, but like, yeah, a good phrase. Like yes. That's not, <laughs> like, that's just, I don't know. I mean, like he seems to be about bigger things than that. Like, yeah. Your parking spot isn't like doesn't affect your salvation and that's what God's about. Yeah. You know? I but there are these examples, right? And maybe I'm just being devil's advocate, you know, excuse the pun, but like you, there are these examples of like, you know, Jesus and the and the and the widow with the two little coins, like things that are very very small or sure. you know or you know that 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 God numbers every hair on our head, knows the number of hairs yeah. on our head so there we do get some images or, or maybe they're uh, they're uh, not really proverbs but they're sayings in the scripture that would lead us to believe that maybe god is there to like remind us to brush our teeth in the morning before we go out or, or something you know what i mean well i think god knows about those things i think god isn't like he doesn't he doesn't not like them. God's not looking at that and being like boring and like turns the page and goes to the next human that he's watching. Right. Right. Hey, I don't, I don't think that it works like that. I think that God is interested in you as a person. He loves you as a human being you as a creation. Right. Now the things that you do sometimes, um, whether or not they affect how, how, how much you love him. Right. Is a completely different story. If if your parking spot, and this is going to probably too harsh again, but this is where I am today, I guess. Yeah. If like your parking spot dictates how much you believe in God or what you think God can do, then like I'm going to I'm going to have a question to you about like, where's your faith at? Like, where is what's but the foundation? May, and, but maybe, you know, to defend that, uh, you know, the, the little old man or woman who says that in, in the class, you know, maybe they're like, well, you know, there were just no more spots. God didn't want me to go get groceries today. So maybe their faith is strong, Roman. They just, right. <laughs> they just attribute everything to God. So I think coming back to our premise here, I think there's disagreement on this one, right? Like there are definitely different opinions. Sure. So some people would say, no, God is not into the minutia because God has bigger fish to fry, right? God's looking at, well, maybe we're World War Three is starting over in Ukraine right now, or I don't know. God's right. focused on other things. So some people um, might say that, or some people just, maybe it's because of their experience. We always go back to experience. Maybe in their experience, they do believe they're like, Hey, you know, I, you know, I survived this car wreck and, and it was because, you, you know, this, um, you know, the, the, this piece of metal, like jabbed into me and the doctor said if it had gone one more inch this way it right. would have hit this artery and i would yeah. have died and i know god intervened and did that so maybe some people have had experiences in their lives or their family's lives where they're like no i'm not willing to say that god does not do that mm -hmm. i think that is something god does so i'm just putting out there that there's probably room for disagreement at least oh yeah for sure and but but i i think something we can both agree on and hopefully even the the people you know, attributing all these different things to God can agree on is that primarily God is, it cares about, um, you know, God, God loves us because we are, we are God's children, like just mm -hmm. loves us and cares about us in, in the biggest sense possible in the largest yeah. sense possible. And, um, you know, we, I don't know. We, we could almost go, we could almost go on an entire tangent here about like, but does God, does God care about our emotions? Does he care if we're happy? Does he care for, right. you know, like does God want us to be happy or, or should we be happy or, or should we, you know, just be doing what's right. And should we be, you know, maybe we, maybe we got our heads down our you right. know nose to the grindstone and we're hating every minute, minute of it, but you know, we're doing, we're doing right. We're doing righteousness. Well, I'll call Bob Goff right now. We're hungering and thirsting for righteousness, you right. know, and we're, we're doing it. And whether we like it or not. Right. And, and I mean, I think that there's balance to that. I think that, you know, it's, sometimes you, you got to do the things that you don't like um, in anything, not just like, not just, you know, your Christian. Oh walk. yeah. So, sometimes there's band-aids that have to be ripped off. Right. And there's no good way to do yeah. it. Yeah. Or you could do it slow or you could do it fast. Actually. Right. Um, some people like it slow. Some people want to 
Yeah, nah, I'm a rip the bandaid off kind of guy. Yeah, um, and then maybe a cuss word or two comes out, but like I try to hold it in. Right, I guess. Um, right, and lots of hair oh with the God. cuss words, and, <laughs> but no crying. There's no crying in baseball um, or bandaid pulling. Here, here's something else, Roman. Let me hit you with this because this is what this is one of the big things that came into my mind because I feel like it's counterintuitive, and I always want to try to hit the counterintuitive stuff. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things we said that God is last week. Um, last week, last week. <laughs> yeah, I know I did it. Well, you said on the last podcast next week, you're going to hear us I talk about God. That's it? fair. It's on me. It, it, it's imaginary last week, last month, <laughs> whatever. Um, one of the things we talk about is like, Oh, God doesn't change. Or that's something that's said a lot, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The God never changes. Mm-hmm. And you know, so the, the, um, story that popped out for me is in Acts chapter 10 has to do with Peter and his vision. Mm-hmm. And when Peter goes to Cornelius, and to me, one thing that God isn't, at least from my perspective in the scripture, is that God isn't static. Um, okay. So God, God, in other words, in the scripture, it it appears that God does change, okay? And you don't have to accept that. Let me just maybe go to the story sure. and no, yeah, I'm here to and, listen. And let's let's hear it. Uh, and, and and then tell me what you what you think. So in this story, and and people listening are probably pretty familiar with it. But Peter, um, this is after you know Jesus has died mm-hmm. and been resurrected and gone back to heaven. So the apostles are kind of like here alone. Um, we've already had the day of Pentecost, uh, but now the church is is expanding. And it's on the verge of expanding even more. And, you know, primarily it's just been the Jews as part Jewish people that have been part of the church. So anyway, Peter, uh, this one day he gets hungry. Um, he wants something to eat. <laughs> I don't know, you know, like, I don't know if he was hangry, but he was hungry. Right. And he falls into this trance and has this vision. And he has this vision. And during the vision, there's this huge, like, bed sheet being let down to the earth with all these animals and all these animals under the Jewish law would mm-hmm. have been unclean. Right. So he wouldn't under the Jewish law wouldn't have been permitted to eat these animals. And then a voice like this heavenly voice says, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, surely not Lord, surely not Yahweh God. I mean, Peter responds as if he's responding to God. Mm-hmm. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. And then the voice says, don't call anything impure that God has made clean. This happens three times over and over again. And then Peter, I guess, comes out, snaps out of the vision and is like wondering what that means. And what, you know, to sort of fast forward to the end of the story, Peter ends up being invited to a house of Gentiles, um, a man named Cornelius. And when the, the Jewish people would not even step into the house of a non-Jewish person. Right. That was part of their tradition. That was part of their law. Um, just like that they couldn't eat any of these foods, the reptiles, the animals, all the stuff that they uh, you know, are not supposed to eat under, under the, the codes. Um, so th- this is Acts chapter 10, verse 27. Peter went inside the house, so he's already doing something that he was raised not to do, right. taught not to do from the Torah. And he sa- Peter says to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. Then he says, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Now, when the vision came, the vision was about animals that were impure and unclean that he wasn't supposed to eat. And the voice was like, go ahead, eat it. You're hungry, eat it. Right. But Peter takes that vision to mean uh, that that God was showing him through the vision three times. Peter has a history of getting shown things three times or mm-hmm. doing things three times with right. Jesus. Um, that God has shown him that he shouldn't call anyone impure or unclean. And then skipping down to verse 34, last part I'll read. Uh, when Peter spoke back to Cornelius, he said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. So I guess here's my point with that story, is that clearly, at least from what we get in the Old Testament, and what Peter was taught as a as a Torah believing Jew through the Torah and the prophet and the prophets and the law, 
something changes. Something changes with what God um, expects, at least as what you read in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And then Peter gets that. Peter gets that. Sure. So I guess what... How do you react to that? Like if, if, if my takeaway from that story is that, well, well God seems to change or, or God is not static because this, this new revelation of God to Peter is something that seems way brighter, broader and more um, all-encompassing, more embracing, more diverse, more sort of open-minded than the old concept of God. Sure. I mean, I think that... Um the Jewish leaders may have taken a few liberties when it comes to the treating of other individuals. I think maybe the idea of treating non-Jews as, I mean, I I don't like now saying the word unclean sounds like a horrible thing to say about any individual that I could possibly think of. Right. And so I, and, and this may come from lack of Bible knowledge on my part, but I, I, I don't know where and, and I don't and please correct me because I, I really don't know where God calls non-Jewish people unclean. Um, God himself says that. I don't I don't know where he's and, and I'm not saying that he doesn't. I'm just saying I don't know where he says it. Um, and, and in in that thought, I think that, you know, that was kind of one of those things that needed to be that maybe God would maybe realize I mean, maybe I need to say this out loud. Like maybe someone needs to hear this from me directly, so it happens the way that it should be happening. And I, I and yet again, I mean, like I don't, I don't necessarily know that that's exactly what is being said here. I can totally see where it comes from. This, like, well, it's clearly different because he says it then, and it's not like God couldn't have said it a while ago. But maybe someone was finally going to be able to hear it. You know, right. Um, Right. Well, I I think in again, you know, we could probably look at it more closely. I I do think that that's what the law said. I do. I I also agree with you that I think that the Jewish leaders um, and the rabbis that they interpreted some of these things to go far beyond what right. was originally in the law. But you know, that's what Peter says. He says, you you know, it's against our law for us to associate with a Gentile. Um, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure and unclean. You know, you you see Jesus, I think, leaning in this direction. So I guess the the question that Apple watches. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so I'm figuring it out, guys. I'm sorry. Wait, me, uh, how many days have you had the Apple Watch? Uh, one. So like, I'm really trying. Now I did it again. God bless America. I'm so sorry. It really seems like that should be how I like. Like not like how do I silence my Apple Watch, guys? Why? Well, the, yeah, I I think I I figured that out probably on day okay. day two or three. Man, all right, so completely derailed everything that we're doing. No, so you have you haven't. Well, this is what here's what I'm th- or this is what I'm struggling with because I actually do have uh, I'm, I'm sort of arguing against myself here, but I'm not quite sure that God does change. Like to me, it's much more comfortable to think of God as not changing. And I think we have scripture to support that God doesn't change. But then some things in the scripture appear to show God um, revealing God's self in different ways as we move through the scripture. And I, I do believe that we've got a significant change here. This is an example of a significant oh, change yeah, for in sure. the same way. And, um, you know, this, this also happens with, with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. You have somebody that under the law was a eunuch. They wouldn't have been able to be embraced. They wouldn't have been able to be, to be baptized right. and, and become, you know, sort of a full intact member of the community. But, you know, Philip says there's, there's nothing that stands in the way of you being baptized. Right. So I think, um, when we're talking about what God is not, I think that the Jews were pretty, and Peter was one of them, was pretty sure he understood who God was. Yeah. Until he had this vision. Sure. And then now he says, now he says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. So, Peter, I think before that point would have said, 
God does have a fa- have favorites, and his favorites oh, are yeah, the Jewish people. For sure. But after this, Peter comes to the conclusion that God does not yeah. show favoritism. So that's one that, again, I, I we could probably debate whether God changes or not or whether those changes are reflected in Scripture or whether they're not. That's something I still wrestle with for right. sure. But I do think that Peter definitely comes to a conclusion here of something God that God is not something when he was otherwise raised to believe that God was something. Yeah. And, and you know, that's... I like that. I, I love being able to see moments that like, like if I'm not saying that like I could like put myself in Peter's sandals, but like I, I mean, I, I, I like the idea of trying, I like the idea of thinking about that and like, would I have reacted the same? Would I be smart enough to like see that vision and then be like, oh yeah, that's what he's talking about. You know, like, right. Like at, at like at your age, like even, even being a, a minister, I mean, at yeah. this point, Peter, he just preached the first, you know, quote unquote gospel sermon at this right. point. Right. Yeah. So Peter's a, a minister. He's an apostle. He's three years of training with Jesus, mm-hmm. but yet he's still learning something new about God and still having his image of God kind of like deconstructed and rebuilt. Is And so for me, is it, is it that because I mean I look at I mean James one seventeen, Hebrews thirteen eight you know thirteen eight is Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever yeah yeah and then James one seventeen is like um, you know he doesn't change like the well, I don't know I have it here somewhere. shifting sands yeah, or, yeah, yeah, like yeah shadows or something like that right so yep. like um, you know there there is the scripture for God doesn't change but like that doesn't mean my perception of God doesn't change right the way that like I view him is constantly and on not constantly changing but like it does change quite often because i have these revelations or like even when like i started in ministry to now not like that was forever ago but it was like nine years ago like i could go back and if i had like lessons recorded and i listened to them now i'm sure i would cringe and be like oh, oh i do I and i have things I that i've that. taught you know 20 years ago i have like notepads mm-hmm. and i'll go back and i'll read them i'm just like eh. you know you right. just you, you, cringe is a great word because you look at it and it's not like it's a hundred percent wrong. You just, with the current understanding that you have, just sort of where your head's at, you look mm-hmm. at it and you're like, I would not say that the same way. Right. Yeah. You know, like, I, w- I would, if I, if you were doing it today, the same topic, same lesson, same scripture, even yeah. you would oh, not yeah. say the same thing. You know, it's like, I, I don't think that like God grows or like changes in like the way that we're talking. I think that he, like he grows in my head. Like, because my understanding maybe becomes a little bit, I'm not going to say better, but just different. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, oh. What's, so, and, and I will tell you, I'm way more comfortable with that than I am the, when I say that, I'm way more comfortable with the idea that, that we are growing yeah. and we are changing than God is changing. And maybe that's just because of the way I was raised to view God. But if you think about it, it does tie back to our, some of our earliest podcasts when we were talking about the Old Testament and divine violence mm-hmm. um, and theodicy. We were talking about how, you know, may, you know, one way to understand some of these older scriptures is that, you know, people had an incomplete view of God. Right. They saw God in a certain way. Yeah. And, and perhaps even some of the recorded scriptures are a result of the fact that they view God in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not, not that you have to agree with that. I'm just saying that's one way to look at it is that, well, these people have very incomplete views of God. And we, I think we recognize that even now we have incomplete views of God. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Right. So the, the, all the things we could say about what God is and what God isn't, that doesn't get us to the end result. It doesn't get us to the ultimate answer. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I was afraid of in getting into these conversations of what I think God is and what he isn't is that this is going to create some sort of solution for figuring out God. It, I mean, like it, it, it probably, it not probably, it has helped me, but like assuming that after, you know, around two hours of a podcast, I have like some sort of like incredible view of God now is, is it's, it's unfortunately like, I'm not trying to say that, you know, we're not helpful, but like, man, two dudes perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a very small perspective. Well, one thing that we're that that's right. And one thing that I think we talked about last time, 
uh, when I was talking about how I experience God or perceive God, how I said that, you know, a lot of times I, I perceive God in my interactions with people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if that's true, if we just sort of assume that what I was saying, if that is true, if we can experience God in relationship, if we can experience God through love and relationships with other people, then the more people and the more different people that we interact with and relate to, the more we're potentially having the chance to experience God Mm -hmm. and therefore to perhaps learn more about God, who God is and who God isn't through other people. Right? Like I think that as a parent and as somebody who does a lot of work um, in the church with benevolence, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've come to a greater understanding of what God is not when it comes to um, giving and benevolence, because there's so many times that I now realize that for certain people, the best thing for them is not to give them what they're asking for. Right. And, and so it, it helps me to understand God. And when I'm like praying for things and God's like, no, <laughs> not audibly, but it's just not happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I now realize like with my kids, just cause my kids ask me for something does not mean that's the best thing to give them. Yeah. And if I did give them everything they asked for, they would be insufferable. Like they'd be, <laughs> they turn into terrible people, Fair. probably. Yeah. Your kids are great, by the way. One of the no, they are. It's because I don't, and it's not the only reason, but <laughs> one of the reasons I think is because I don't give them everything they ask for. Sure. And I think maybe one of the reasons why you and I are probably not horrible people is because God has not given us everything we've asked for Mm -hmm. at all times during our lives. So that's just an example of how I think even our experience with relating to other people, we can start to come to different understandings of God and, and maybe like, you know, pertinent to what we're talking about, who God isn't. Yeah. And, 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 and I hope that you know, cause we're, it's, it's crazy. We're like wrapping up now. Um, but like I, it, it's, it's because of that idea, um, that, you know, it, it, and like, I'm like almost like unintentionally like came full circle of kind of what I was talking about at the beginning of like the idea of like a person just being completely like complacent with where they are, just like really all right with just like, this is it. I like growth isn't necessary for me. Like just as long as I'm not regressing, I'm okay. Like that, that is, that's a, that's very scary for me to see, especially cause I work with a lot of kids and you know, luckily, and we don't like really have any of those in the youth groups. That's fantastic. I mean, kids tend to, the ones we have here tend to be very vocal and honest about, you know, either needing something or, you know, needing to leave something behind or move forward from something. And so, you know, it, they make it really easy for me here, which is fantastic. But, um, you know, that, that becomes an issue that not just teens have, but like, you know, this millennial generation has, and then what is it? Is it Gen X after that? I mean, like it, Uh it it just continues to grow. Right. I mean, like it, it, those things don't necessarily go away. And a lot of the times those problems become bigger as long and the longer that we just let it sit and we're just like, okay, well I've been fine for this long. I'll be fine for a little bit longer as long as I'm just not going backwards and people just are okay with just sitting and like not wanting to know more or not wanting to grow a little bit, um, especially in their knowledge of who God is and who God isn't, because I think it's important in, in your walk, um, with God, because if I was to walk with you, Brad, for as long as I think I've been trying to walk with God and I didn't like want to know any more about you after two years, it'd be really boring. And right. We probably, would like eventually just start to like walk away from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, and I don't I No, that That's makes... a good, that's a good point. I think that that's, I mean, I think that, that, that happens in marriages, right? Sure. Where it's like, uh, yeah, I, I already know too much about you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm moving on or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I guess I wonder so many things in life are set up like for the kids in the, in the youth group that you have, they, you know, they're in, they're in this grade, they're in the ninth grade. So that means next year they'll be in the 10th grade. And what are they moving towards? They're moving towards high school graduation. And what are they going to do after that? They're going to go to college. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, there's in our lives, there's a lot of things that are set up for us in, in a certain order and there's advancement. 
And one of the reasons why you're not quite there yet, but one of the reasons why people get to a midlife crisis, right. I think a lot of times is that they basically jump through all those hoops. They get married, they have the children, they get the job, they have the career, and they're sort of in that exact place that you're talking about. Well, this, what you're talking about though, is sort of like maybe the midlife crisis um, part of faith yeah. where you've sort of done the things you've, you've gone through the motions and you've done the things and then you arrive at a place where you maybe have a relationship with God, with the divine. You have, a, you know, maybe you go to church or connected to a community, but it's like, well, what else is there? And I think maybe what you and I are trying to say is none of us have completely examined the depths of God. Yeah. Like that, God is somebody, even if you think you could know, maybe you could figure out everything about another person, right? Even somebody who's your spouse or, or great friend or kid or something like that. With God, it's not like that. Yeah. And, and so there, or maybe I'll say it in a more active way for God. And, and this is just me giving fully just opinion, okay? I'll just disclaim this as opinion because I, I don't know that I have scripture that lines up necessarily with it, but I do believe that God is incredibly interested in us, like in us individually. Oh yeah. I think that God wants to commune with us, interact with us. I don't know. There's a lot of different words you could use, but God, because God knows everything that we've been through and that is going on in our minds and everything that we're faced with, I think God wants to be there to work with us, to help us. Um, I, I, something God is not, I don't think this is maybe double negative. God is not, God is, so God is not uncaring or God. Yes. God is not uncaring. Sure. So God is caring. Yeah. 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 That works. <laughs> like yeah. I, I do think God really does care about us. And yeah. so I think that can lead you that can maybe lead you in in closer to God or maybe it can leave you in a place where God is just sort of this, okay, well, God, I have good feelings about God and God's sort of in the distance as this, as this caring entity, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't necessarily need to go deeper. Right. I like that. You know, and, and so I hope that like, as you guys have, have, have listened over the past <laughs> month and a half month or whatever over, over these, these, these last two episodes that like one, you understand that we don't have figured out what uh, we're trying. We're, we're, we're making an attempt to get closer at something. Right. Um, and, and it's a journey that we understand there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be like a lot of like epiphanies where, Oh yeah, we get it. And there's going to be moments where it's like, I don't understand anything at all and what's happening. Um, but you know, one it's, what one of the things that I really like to push, especially with um, my youth group, is is that like this isn't an, this isn't like a, a just you thing. This is this is something that like you need a support system for that you need somebody to have conversations with, like I'm having with Brad right now. Oh that, yeah, totally. That's incredibly important. Um, it's it's a part of this 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 growth cycle that like you know it it gives you opportunity um, for some structure, and which I think is 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 not necess- not maybe necessary all the time but like it's it's not a bad thing to have every now and then is some structure as far as you know knowing that like okay I'm going to I'm going to have some conversations about this you know in a week or like oh you know I'm going to go you know I'm not saying that like I'm not trying to have some sort of like plea for corporate worship. That's not what I'm going for. Right, I, right. Cause I, I care in all honesty, you're part of the system. Right. Roman. I, be I, honest here. I honestly care. I really am. <laughs> but like, I really do care more about like these one-on-one. Well, because you can do that. But, but I guess there's the danger if, if it's not, if it's, if there's not some sort of structure to it, that it just doesn't happen. Yeah. But, but the most important thing is that it does happen. Yeah. I right. Agree. Yeah. So it, it, in, to me, it has been, especially of late and in my life, um, it has been import, very important for me um, to be able to talk to people and interact with people who are maybe going through some of the same thought processes that I am, especially when we're talking about God, talking yeah. about religious things. Mm-hmm. And so, in fact, one person I was talking to, I think I, I said I said I was going to do, I was going to drop something in this podcast 
Um, I'm look as I'm looking up at your St. Louis Cardinals pennant. I'm gonna say, you know, Ooh. how about those Cubs? That was oh, I think I was gonna boo, drop into the boo. into the podcast or one of those people who Man, helps me. We don't say that in this <laughs> office. That's not. But allowed. if it's but you're right. Like I I I think it is dangerous for us to be like on a complete island mm. with because life is is freaking tough man it's like tough it can as my seventh grade social studies teacher mr liner used to say while he was picking his uh nails with like a buck knife he used to say it (laughs) so many times in class he would say uh boys and girls the world is waiting with open arms to kick you straight in the teeth Oh. That was uh, that was his inspiration. I think he was like a second career teacher. Uh, but the, the world can be tough, and I think if you don't have anybody, um, church community is important. But if you don't, this is what I was going to say, and I know we're going long, but the church community can be helpful. But like, if you can't be honest in your church community really it might not be that helpful like you need a place or a person or somewhere where you can be honest sure. and honestly if it's if it's a I'm using the word honest too much if it's a place where you can't be honest I'm not sure how good of a community it is like you may have a community that's not a church where you actually can be honest about these things and I think that's that's extremely important now ideally if it could be a church too that's great yeah and I think that's the kind of churches that we need to have. I agree. Is where people can be honest about exactly where they are, mm-hmm. about who God is, who God isn't, right. who God might be. I don't know. Those kind of questions. Yeah. So, you know, really appreciate you guys being with us this week. Um, hopefully, there'll be an episode next week. Um, and I know in a couple weeks, I am going on a big retreat with my youth group. And so there'll probably be a little bit of a delay there, but hopefully we can get an episode out next week. Oh, we got these new microphones. We so we do have new microphones. So that's going to incentivize us to create <laughs> some awesome content. What Brad doesn't know is that I've put a robot um, effect on his microphone. So oh, the yeah. entire episode, he's just going to sound like a robot. <laughs> no, that'd be so funny, though. Um, Number Johnny Five. <laughs> Well, hey, thank you guys so much uh, for being with us this week, and we look forward to you guys being with us next week. Have a blessed day.